For the next few minutes, I would like us to consider the rich theology that we get from our collect of the day for Ash Wednesday. This prayer, according to the Book of Common Prayer, is to be said every day during Lent, and I would commend that practice to you. Pray this prayer every day over the Lenten season. Memorize it. Internalize it. But so that we may do this intelligently, I want to break down what it is we are praying for in this prayer. In this prayer, we find two characteristics of God and one central petition. The prayer begins by addressing God as the almighty and everlasting God. And before making the central petition of this prayer, we say something about who God is. It is a good practice to pray scripture back to God. It's a good it's good to acknowledge God's character and attributes as we talk to him. This is a practice we see all throughout scripture both in the Old and New Testaments. So the petitions and requests that are made to God usually throughout the prayers of scripture flow from who it is that God claims to be. So we see two characteristics of God in this prayer. First, we see that God hates nothing that he has made. Second, we see that he forgives the sins of all those who are penitent. So first, God hates nothing that he has made. God created the world good. It would be inconsistent with God's nature to create something that was bad or that he hated. God created all things for the praise of his glory. He delights in his creation. Lent is not a time to deprive ourselves of material things because they are bad or because God hates them. God doesn't hate chocolate or beef or pork. If you're giving up something for Lent, don't do so because you think the enjoyment of the good things that God has given us brings us closer to God. Furthermore, if God hates nothing that he has made, that means he does not hate you either. God made you and does not hate you. Lent is not a time to feel miserable or to contemplate how much God must hate you. God hates nothing that he has made. God hates sin, but he is not the author or creator of sin. He hates sin precisely because, it, because sin ruins everything it touches. It corrupts all those good things that God has made and that he loves. Second, in this prayer, we see that God forgives the sins of all who are penitent. God's property, his character, is always to have mercy, as we read in our prayer book for the communion service. God does not, not make special offers of forgiveness on certain days of the year. He does not get into a forgiving mood at certain times of the year or if you offer enough sacrifices to him. God's character is always to have mercy on penitent sinners. 
If you're wondering if God can forgive you, I ask you, are you penitent? Are you sorry for your sin? Do you desire forgiveness for your sin? If so, then God will forgive you. 1 John 1.9 says that for those who confess their sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Exodus 34, verse 6 says, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul greets the Corinthian church, saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Micah. Chapter 7, verse 18 says, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. In the story of the prodigal son, we see God as a father who is anxious to forgive. Long before the son has come to his senses and returned home, the father was out looking for him from afar, anxiously awaiting the son's return. Lent is not about putting on a show or going without something so that God can see how sorry you are and then maybe he will forgive you. God longs to forgive all of those who are penitent. Now, in this prayer, after acknowledging who God is, we get to the petition. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts so that we may obtain perfect remission and forgiveness through Christ our Lord. That's the main petition. It's got some modifiers and phrases in there to explore. But the main petition, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we may obtain perfect remission and forgiveness through Christ our Lord. The creation of a contrite heart is a supernatural act of God's grace. That doesn't mean there isn't anything for us to do. Notice how the petition is modified by the words, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness. We can lament over sin or consequences of sin, we can acknowledge that sin is wrong. A drug addict or an alcoholic can lament their wretched state and promise never to do it again. But that doesn't mean they will stop tomorrow. One can admit they have made mistakes or wronged someone in theory, but that doesn't mean they'll change their behavior. You see, it's one thing to lament and acknowledge failure, but it's another to have a contrite heart. Contrition, which means to be crushed or crouched down, is only something that God can produce. We see this in the Old Testament. People could offer sacrifices to God and did so. But as Psalm 51 verse 17 says, the true sacrifice is a contrite 
Spirit. So we pray in this prayer that God that we would worthily lament our sins and acknowledge our sins. That we would see them the way God sees them. And that in so doing, God would, God would grant us a contrite heart. A heart that is made new so that we may obtain forgiveness. The last part of our uh, prayer, our Ash Wednesday, uh, or I'm sorry, the last prayer in our Ash Wednesday service. If you turn to the end of your bulletin begins, turn thou us, O good Lord. And so shall we be turned. We must turn to Christ for forgiveness of sin. But there is no turning to God unless we are turn, first turned by God. Until God has first done a work in us to make our hearts new. The petition for the collect of the day concludes by asking that we obtain remission of our sins and forgiveness. The word remission is used throughout Scripture, and it is the same word that in some places is translated forgiveness instead. These words are basically just synonyms. The word remission, though, means dismissal in Scripture. To have your sins dismissed. They are let go. They are forgotten. They are not before the eyes of the Father anymore. How is that the case? Hebrews 9.22 tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or dismissal of sin. How can God dismiss our sins? Only because they have been blotted out by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. God does not forgive us by shrugging his shoulders and saying that sin is no big deal. Our sins are dismissed only through Christ. Our sins are forgiven today because God are not forgiven today because God just happens to be in a good mood. Our sins are dismissed because they have been paid for once and for all on the cross. Full satisfaction has been made for them. So when you consider what this prayer is actually saying, When you read it, it sounds something like what many evangelicals would refer to today as the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer is that prayer that you pray once in your life so that you can go to heaven when you die. You ask for God's forgiveness. You ask that Jesus would come into your heart. That's the prayer you pray to become a Christian. But this is a prayer, as I said at the beginning, we should pray every day. O oh God, who hates nothing that you have made and forgives the sins of all who are penitent, create in me a new heart. So that as I worthily acknowledge and lament over my sin, I might obtain forgiveness and remission of my sin. This isn't a one-time prayer, but the prayer of a faithful Christian. Let us pray. Our Father, we ask that you would do a work in us 
that you would make us heartily sorry for those things which we have done to offend you. Make us sensitive to those areas in our life that may offend you. And we ask, Lord, that through the, re, uh, the shedding of blood, we might have remission and forgiveness of our sins, that we might stand before you, uh, perfect in your sight, holy in your sight, and enjoy fellowship and communion with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our reflective hymn is number 99, 40 days and 40 nights.